0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.
1: From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, February 3rd. I'm Wayne Pratt. Many Missouri schools were closed at the start of the academic year and later reopened. In Europe, schools started open only to close. With no clear path, educators have been making difficult choices during the pandemic.
0: I would rather stay virtual until we know we can be safe going back fully and not waffle back and forth.
1: In just a few minutes, we will find out how schools on two continents are navigating a wild year. Missouri lawmakers have filed several bills to keep the state from collecting unemployment money from 46,000 residents it accidentally overpaid. The move comes after two days of intense questioning of the state's top labor official over the issue. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports.
0: Representatives from both parties on the House Committee on Government Oversight questioned Anna Hugh for two and a half hours. Hugh defended the Department of Labor, stressing several times that overpayments are a normal part of the unemployment process and state law requires repayment. But she revealed that a bulk of the overpayment money is due back to the federal government, which encouraged states to forgive overpayments. Representative Rachel Prouty, a Democrat from Ferguson, expressed her frustration with the department's decision to go against federal guidance. We're using our discretion to collect taxpayer money out of our economy. This is a choice. After being pressed by several representatives, Hugh said her department worked with the governor's office on the decision to recoup the federal money. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: St. Louis County's first mass vaccination site opens to the public today. It's on the and Valley campus of St. Louis Community College in Ferguson. Officials chose that location to better reach residents in North County's predominantly black neighborhoods. They have suffered greater losses from COVID-19 than predominantly white neighborhoods. Officials will provide vaccinations to eligible residents by appointment only. A candidate for St. Louis mayor says the city is fast approaching a point of no return when it comes to its reputation. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lipman has more on how Andrew Jones would bring St. Louis back from the brink.
0: Jones says St. Louis has strong infrastructure and good utilities with cheap rates. But he says businesses do not want to locate to a city that is seen as dangerous. That makes getting violent crime under control a key priority. Jones says the police department knows the identities of the people committing the vast majority of the violence. But he says public safety leadership won't allow officers to make arrests.
1: Why aren't they arresting anyone? I'm saying they're intimidated because of political backlash. They're intimidated because of what's happening throughout the country now with everyone lamenting and blaming everything on the police.
0: Jones is an executive at an electric cooperative that serves 11 counties in southwestern Illinois. He ran for mayor as the Republican candidate in 2017. I'm Rachel Littman st louis public radio
1: the second woman ever to serve on missouri's highest court is stepping down supreme court judge laura denver stith announced her retirement yesterday her last day on the bench will be march 8th a st louis native has spent her entire professional career in missouri bob holden appointed her to the supreme court in 2001 after the retirement of ann covington the court's first female judge In a statement, the 67-year-old Stith calls her service on the Supreme Court an honor of a lifetime. Governor Mike Parson will pick a replacement from candidates chosen by the nonpartisan Appellate Commission. (music) St. Louis Public Radio and KCUR in Kansas City have been contrasting the experiences of students and teachers in Missouri with those in Germany during this school year. With support from the Pulitzer Center, Ellie Moxley reports they've been making decisions based on the fierce determination to adapt during the pandemic.
2: Last week, as she has every week this school year, Julie Pierce greeted her second graders on Zoom.
0: Hey, Eduardo, I'm glad you made it today. How are you this morning?
2: Before taking them on a virtual trip to the Arctic.
0: Adaptations are things that help them survive. Remember, we wrote puffins have thick feathers to keep them warm.
2: Online so lessons I'm have become be the norm for, for Pierce, who teaches in Hickman Mills, an okay. urban school district in South Kansas City that hasn't reopened for in-person learning yet.
0: When this all started, I really thought there's there's really two, two options I had, and I had to make a decision. I could cling to what wasn't and scrap to try to get back in person and be upset and be sad that it wasn't the way I'm used to, or I could decide to really try to do it well.
2: Missouri education officials have largely left the decision of when and how to reopen to local school boards. Hickman Mills and other urban districts in Kansas City have taken a cautious approach to bringing students back, while many suburban school districts reopened, cheered on by parents who wanted a normal school year. But even at places where schools reopen quickly, the school year has been anything but normal. 16-year-old Freya Diekmann attends a secondary school in the German city of Bonn. Last spring, she watched her older classmates' final moments of high school get disrupted by the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I'm a bit scared that I'll
2: get in the same situation because corona isn't gone. Here's what happened. German leaders prioritized reopening schools over bars, restaurants, museums, and theaters, and most German students were able to go back to school in August. They stayed in class even when other businesses closed in November to slow the spread of coronavirus. But when a new, more contagious variant of COVID-19 began spreading in Europe, Germany had to close schools again. And the country hadn't made significant investments in digital infrastructure. Hendrik Salbach, an education professor at the University of Leipzig, says Germany should have been more prepared for a second wave.
0: And The, the priority before that was to keep the schools as long, open as long as possible. And this, uh, I would say, was a mistake because they should have rather focused on what to do while it's closed.
2: In the United States, the pandemic has come not in waves, but as a tsunami, with more than 3,000 Americans dying from COVID-19 every day. Many schools reopened over the objections of teachers who worried about getting sick. And some schools opened only to have to close again because so many teachers were out on quarantine. In a video message recorded for the Missouri State Teachers Association, fourth grade teacher Shannon Burkhoff said even though schools in Jackson, Missouri have been open for in-person learning, this isn't like other years.
0: Um, my students have a lot of anxiety about health and about their learning and their gap areas. And- it's just very different.
2: Pierce, the Hickman Mills teacher, is dealing with many of the same challenges in her online classroom. But she says at least she's known where she would be teaching throughout the pandemic.
0: For our kids, stability is the most important thing. So I would rather stay virtual until we know we can be safe going back fully and not waffle back and forth.
2: Online school hasn't been ideal for a lot of students, but Pierce appreciates the time she's had to get good at virtual teaching. I
0: really I think it's a wasted year. I think it's, it's a year of challenge, but I, I definitely would not say that any of my second graders have wasted a year. And anyone who does probably really hasn't been in a
2: classroom. Pierce is scheduled to be back in a classroom with her students next month, a year after the coronavirus sent students home last spring. I'm Ellie Moxley.
1: St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney contributed to that story. Ryan and Ellie are fellows with the Education Writers Association. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway.